and welcome back to the Turning 30 podcast, a place where I talk about what it's really like to turn 30. I'm your host, life coach Emma Wilson, and I'm here to help you feel better, get unstuck and be more confident at 30. On today's episode of the Turning 30 podcast, we're going to talk all about turning 30 and overcoming comparison. And this is one of the key reasons alongside confidence and wanting to make life changes that my clients come to me and sign up for the Turning 30 program. And I hear time and time again how much my new clients feel left behind or they feel that they aren't doing the same things as others around them. And they really are in what I call the comparison trap. And so this episode is a really important one for anybody who can resonate with this and feels that they spend any time comparing themselves to other people and thinking that maybe there's something wrong because they aren't doing the same things. If you've been listening for the past few weeks, you'll know that this is the third episode in a special series of coaching podcast episodes where I'm sharing key skills and tools for free that are in my coaching program. If you want, you can go back and listen to the first two topics. So the first one is on the Turning 30 manuals, which really does link to today because that's again talking about expectations of having reached timelines and milestones. And then the second episode in the series is about emotional adulthood and actually had such a great response to this episode because I think it really gives you very, very practical skills to learn how to respond to different situations. So obviously everything is connected and this episode on overcoming comparison is just the next piece of the puzzle to help you feel better, to feel better about yourself and better about going into this decade. So I'm recording this the week after Valentine's Day and it was really by chance that I ended up bringing this out at this time and recording it in the week of Valentine's Day. It definitely wasn't planned and I hadn't specifically looked at my calendar and thought, oh great, Valentine's Day, that's going to throw up comparison. But having Valentine's Day there, just as I was writing the script for this and just as I was coming up with the outline for the podcast, it really did hit home how much we are exposed to people doing different things and social media is something I will speak about later in the podcast but this was the first year in four years that I've been single on Valentine's Day and although I didn't actually feel as affected by it as I did in the past when I was in a not so happy relationship at this time and looking at people's posts it still did affect me and it really got me thinking just how hard it is in the society that we live in today not to compare. And it just made me feel even more compelled to get my message out there and record this podcast for you and also to promote my group coaching program. What my program actually serves to do is to help you overcome comparison. And I have so far, statistically speaking, and I'll explain why later on, have had a 100% success rate with clients joining the program and leaving and feeling like they are outside of the comparison trap and that they are comparing themselves less to others. So I really, really recommend that if this is something that you resonate with and you listen to this episode and it gets you fired up, you can go and check out the 
coaching program and I'm going to give more details of that soon. So let's get started. I want to talk about why turning 30 is such a trigger for comparison because it really, really is. And I think based on my experience for the past few years of connecting day in, day out with other 30-somethings or people in their late 20s, I understand just how common it is and how frequent it is when we start to compare. And you've probably seen all the funny memes about this on Instagram, but the truth is that you can have a friend at 30 who is traveling the world, single, doing crazy things, no intention to settle down, partying every night, bungee jumping off cliffs, you name it. You can have that friend who's still doing that. It might be you. Or you can have the friend who has already settled down, has purchased their family house, mortgage, has two kids, and everything else in between. So that's the really confusing thing about age 30 is that up until our 20s, when we're growing up, we're all pretty much on the same path. There obviously are people who don't finish school at the same time and go off and do their own thing. But in general, and again, I'm really emphasizing the word general because it is a generalization, most people do go on the same path. And that path is to start high school at the same time and then finish high school and go to college or go to university, maybe take a gap year, get into your 20s, get your first job. And your 20s usually look the same. People are usually doing similar things and no one's really making huge life decisions. I'm talking up until the age of maybe 23, 24. And then all of a sudden, our lives start to diverge in our mid-20s and it really comes in a big boom. And then people start choosing different things. They choose a different way to live their lives and everyone has the choice to do this. But naturally, when we turn 30 and we have a, a signpost or a reminder, an external reminder, we're all of a sudden become hyper-focused on what other people are doing. And this leads to despair. And I know that a lot of you probably look at my life, you see me sharing my life and my journey on Instagram, and you probably think, wow, Emma's really got her shit together. But I just want to be super vulnerable and transparent and tell you that this is because I've done work on myself. And in the past, if you would have asked me this, five or six years ago, I would have had a completely different response. I would never have even been able to record this podcast episode because I've had to coach myself through this. I have completely been in the comparison trap and I still sometimes compare. I definitely do it around 95% less than I did before and I do not let it take a hold of my life. But I remember a time when I was 26, turning 27, and in one year, out of all my big group of friends and my friends back from home, I had 13 weddings. I just want to repeat that again. 13 weddings in about 12 months. So every single weekend was spent going to a celebration for a newly engaged couple or a bachelorette party or a wedding itself. And it was so hard at this point to reign in my feelings of comparison. I was really thrown into a tornado of watching other people's lives and almost in a way feeling like an outsider and actually making that mean something about me. So I just wanted you to all know that it's something that I've experienced firsthand. So if you're going through something like this and you feel like all of your friends right now are getting engaged or getting married or having babies and you're not there, just know that I've got you. 
I've been through this. I know. It's the reason I built my business. And it's something that, as a single 33-year-old, with a lot of my closest friends living a very different lifestyle to me, it's something that I have to practice all the time. And that's why we're here today. Because unfortunately, you can't take a pill and never feel comparison again. But I promise you that if you put the work in and take the practical tools and skills I'm going to outline for you in this episode, you can really rein it in and live a very different life. So let me just explain how the episode will run. I'm going to start off by just talking a little bit about why we compare and what it looks like when we do compare. And then I'm going to tell you my personal comparison solution, which as I said, has statistically proven to change lives. And then I'm going to give you some more practical skills and tools to get started. So let's dive in. My personal theory about comparison, and you may have heard me talk about this before because I've definitely published it before, is that there are two stages to comparison. So the first stage is the stage where your very human brain, which all of you have, is goes out and looks at the world around you. This is the stage where your brain is collecting data from your environment and because our brains are computers, we're constantly inputting this data and the brain is processing it. This stage is the very natural stage and it's completely inevitable that you're going to do it. And actually most of the advice out there on how to overcome comparison only touches upon this stage. It really gives advice and it's good advice and it's something I'm going to give you as well in this episode. But it really says that in order to stop comparison, you should just stop looking and you should just nip it in the bud by kind of closing your eyes and not looking at the world around you and then you'll feel better. And whilst it can help, this stage is inevitable. Collecting this data is inevitable and Putting a plaster over it isn't the solution. The second stage of comparison, this is the problematic stage. This is when we take the information that we've collected from our surroundings and we make it mean something about us. This is when we go and we look at what other people are doing. We look at other people's achievements, other people's milestones, other people's timelines, and we make what they're doing and what we're not doing mean that there's something wrong with us and that For example, if somebody else is buying a house, then we aren't going to be able to buy a house. It means that there's something wrong with us because we don't have sufficient funds to buy a house. We look at somebody who's just entered into a new relationship and they're very happy and we may be single and we think, I'm never going to find what they have. And this step is the evil step because as I mentioned before, the first one is natural. But this second step doesn't have to happen. The second step is where the problem lies. It's where we create feelings of envy, feelings of frustration for being who we are and for being different. And that's the comparison's trap. Let's just go back to stage one for a second. I want to talk about it a little bit more. And I want to talk about how normal it is to compare. And as I usually do, I want to just frame this a little bit scientifically and talk about society. If you know me and my content and my podcast, I always like to do this. So we're a primitive species and obviously we are built a certain way. And if you look back at our cavewoman days 
I think it's really understandable why we compare because our brains are built to be relational we're always trained and programmed to look at other people in tribal days there was always the leader of a pack there's there's always a hierarchy there's always looking around other people and seeing where you fit in in that group so our brains are trained to look at other people in this way comparison and looking at what other people are doing is actually key for our survival as humans. And because your brain looks at what other people are doing, that can show that it's looking for your place in the tribe, your where you fit in and your place in society. So I just want to point out that it's completely normal if you have a mind that likes to compare. It's actually a survival mechanism. And now let's just look at modern society and how much modern society has promoted comparison because we are comparing all the time. And this has been put on hyperspeed because of social media. It's just so much worse than it ever used to be because all day, every day, we're exposed to other people's lives. So whereas before you may have been exposed to comparison within your family or within a close friend group or maybe in school or in your workplace, now we're actually exposed all the time to all of the triggers around what everyone's doing. So whereas 20 years ago, if I was a 13-year-old, I would have absolutely no idea what my friends were doing after school. And if I was a 30-year-old, I might know what some of my close friends are doing, but I definitely wouldn't know that Sarah, who I went to high school with 15 years ago, just had a baby, what the baby's called, and every single detail of her birth story. So imagine telling your past self back in the day that you would end up knowing such crazy and intricate details about other people's lives. And when we think about it like this, we can just see how... Social media has really caused us to have these turning 30 crises in a much more invasive and dramatic way than ever before. And, you know, I'm not absolving our responsibility and saying that it's all external and we shouldn't have any responsibility for ourselves to stop comparing and to, you know, not take this and make it into something bigger than it is. But I think it's really important to just understand how much the social media driven capitalist society that we live in today promotes competition. Let's just take it even a step further. We live in a society that does promote competition. It promotes comparison and especially as women, We live in this society where we're inundated with messages about how attractive we should look, we should have better makeup, smoother hair, softer skin, we need to get the best yoga routine, we need to eat the healthiest all the time. It's just constantly being pushed in our face. So we're being taught all the time by messages around us that we should live our lives a certain way. And even that makes us pre-programmed to always be in comparison because we're always looking at other people and seeing what their yoga routine is and seeing how smooth their hair is and how soft their skin is. So we're just always living in this comparison bubble. Let's even just think about how we live in a society that promotes competition and being ranked. So think about at school when you were put in different sets in a class and I don't know if anyone else had this in their high school, but in my high school, it would be 
the set for maths, the set for French, um, and it would be, this class, classes would be split depending on your grades and depending on how good you were in that on that topic. So we're always constantly being placed, even from our most impressionable years when we're teenagers, relative to other people. And then take this to the workplace. Obviously, we have a workplace hierarchy where there's the managers, the directors, the junior associates, the regular associates. And yeah, like this is a society that we live in. We're just always, always comparing. And when somebody else pointed this out to me a few years ago, I really understood how much my whole life, as also somebody who identifies as quite a competitive person, how we're always striving for more. And because we're always striving for more or we're always questioning how good we are, we are constantly looking at other people and other people's achievements and seeing where we fit in with that. So this can completely translate also into our social life and things such as our relationships, how much money we have, the property we own, the car we drive, the job that we have, don't need to go on. And when we turn 30, because of social media and because of this signposted time, I always like to say it's like, you know a Dyson Hoover? It has a button in the middle that says Max. If anybody has a Dyson Hoover, it's my all-time favorite product. And the Max button is when it goes on full speed. And I think what happens is that we go through our 20s, our lives get different in our life in our late 20s, our lives are different to our other friends, and then our birthday comes up and people start asking questions and lots of people start posting about what they're getting up to. And then all of a sudden, that middle button in our brain just gets pressed down on max and we go into comparison overdrive. And that's when we start to feel left behind and I see it all the time. And it actually just really bothers me. I think it's not fair. It's not fair that we have to feel this way. And we don't have to because we can create thoughts to create our results that mean we're not going to compare anymore. And if you do sign up for my coaching program, I actually hold your hand and help you to create these thoughts. But I digress and I feel like I've just gone on a really big rant, completely unscripted, off tangent, talking about why you should not be annoyed at yourself or think that there is something wrong with you if you have a brain that compares. So rant over, thank you for sticking with me. And now I'm going to move on to the second part of the episode where I'm going to talk about my practical solution for overcoming comparison. So my comparison solution is if you can imagine that your life is being controlled on a sound system on a stereo. There are two buttons. There's the volume button from the outside world and there's the volume button from your world, your internal world. And I want you to imagine that when you're in comparison mode, the volume button from the outside world is turned fully, fully up all the way to the top. And the volume button from the internal world is turned completely down. This is when we have the volume up of what everybody else is doing so, so loud that it's drowning out any of the sound of our own achievements, of our own wants, of our own values, of our own actions, of anything that we're doing because the volume from the outside is just so high. Sometimes it gets so high that we even lose our ability to access the button to turn it down. It becomes deafening. My comparison solution that I teach is going to help you turn the sound of your internal world up simultaneously 
with turning the sound of other people down. So if you can imagine those two buttons, those two knobs on the stereo, they're going to change direction. I'm going to teach you how to neutralize that background noise when that's what is going to become is just background noise and not a deafening sound in your ears. So how do we do this? Let's talk practical tips. And again, let's keep in mind as I'm giving you these, always turning the volume down on others and turning the volume up on yourself. So my first, my overarching, sorry, practical tip is to just get busy with yourself. Focus on you, focus on your own results and take back control. And if you're listening to this podcast or you're following me on Instagram for a while and whether this is your first episode or your 10th episode, by doing this and listening to this, this is you taking an act to turn the volume up on yourself because you're thinking of your own personal development and you're wanting to learn new things. My first piece of advice for overcoming comparison is what I mentioned before that most other people advise on is really addressing that first step. So addressing the external cues that are coming in that your brain is collecting and trying to minimize them. So that advice is really easy and practical to already start implementing today. So that is if every time you open your Instagram, you see posts that really, you look at them and you feel comparison overwhelm, friends who are doing certain things, things that just make you feel less of a person, go and unfollow or at least mute them. Start to curate your feed. For me, I have my own personal Instagram account and I also have my business one and I haven't posted on my personal Instagram account since 2018, since around the time when I started using Instagram to get clients and I always make a joke with myself that if I want to feel really crappy about myself, I'll just open my personal Instagram account because it's overwhelm of what other people are doing and the way I started to feel better was just to really start to filter the content I'm looking at. So my feed that I actually look at is different coaches, things about personal development, therapists, food, clothes, sunsets, all of the things that I love. And if that means I'm not following my best friends all the time, that's also okay. I'm sure they understand and get it that I don't really use my personal Instagram account anyway. So if you are worried about unfollowing people because of that, drop your friends in a note and say to them, I've just started to focus a little bit more on using social media productively. So if I ever don't like your material, it's nothing personal. I just have stopped following my peers and my friends. And that's okay. You can put yourself first and do that. I really, really recommend it. Because if you're following people and following pages that make yourself not feel good, then this is going to be something that comes up several times a day, depending on obviously how often you open your Instagram, but knowing how often most people open it and how often I open it, it basically means you're exposing yourself to the ability, to the possibility, sorry, of comparison all of the time. Now, the second piece of advice I want you to do is what I call a comparison sweep. And that really is the awareness phase. So in the next week, basically jot down every time you feel really 
really strong emotions of comparison and you feel inadequate or you feel left behind and I want you to start to notice are there certain things in your life that make you feel this way and again this links back to the first point are there certain social media accounts certain tv shows and just take a little dive become into awareness and think about what it is that makes you feel comparison and this really links to another mindset tip that I'm going to give in a little while. Next time you feel the emotions pop up and you look at somebody else's account or somebody else's photo or somebody else's page and you feel lots of, let's say, jealousy, envy or just some comparison, I want you to remind yourself something, that every single person has their own things to deal with. And I really want you to get this message and internalize it because since becoming a coach, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned, especially since becoming a full-time coach in the past year, is that every single person has problems. Everyone has their own shit and everybody's life, everybody's internal life looks very different from their external life. Nobody is perfect, nobody's life is perfect, and it's really, really easy to forget this. So my next piece of advice is just to always take a deep breath and remind yourself that we're all in our own human experience, living our own comparison lives, and it's just really important not to fall down the really fake perception that everybody else is better off than us. And there's a quote that somebody sent to me actually on Instagram. I posted a story and I was asking if anybody has comparison advice. And she sent me this really nice quote and I love it. And I've been using it ever since. She said, if 10 of you sat around a table and everybody dealt their own cards face down, face up, sorry, the good cards and the bad cards that everyone else could see and you were just all looking at this open deck of cards, the chances are that you would all take back your own cards because these cards are your life lessons. They're yours, it's your journey and it's part of who you are, part of your life and what you've achieved and nobody can take that away from you. And I think it's just really true to remember that if you feel that you're not accepting or in acceptance of your own journey, that you can come into acceptance. And that's something else we really work on with all of my clients in the program, is to accept your own cards and accept that all of the cards that are dealt to you are your life lessons and things that no one else can take away from you. My next piece of advice is to use comparison as a cue. And this is where the first step of doing a comparison sweep can really help. So by doing the comparison sweep, you can see what triggers you and you can see what things in your life are causing you to compare. And then you can ask yourself some questions. What are you comparing? Which areas? Do you feel jealous? Do you feel something else? What do you really want? What does it say about how you want your life to look? It's such an important point. But if you can locate the underlying thoughts and the underlying feelings, you can then make a decision with yourself. Do you want to keep thinking this? Do you want this thought to create the emotion? And if the answer is no, which if you're in the comparison trap, it most likely is, then ask yourself what you want to feel and what emotion is going to drive you and propel you into action to go out there and get the things that you want that other people have. 
once we can start working on these thoughts that take us there, we can drive different actions. And this is what turns the volume up. So when I say get busy, I don't just mean like go out there and join a new class or take on a new activity. And I am saying you should still do those things, but it's in tandem with understanding your emotional well-being and why you do what you do or you don't do what you want to do. And that is leading you to feel inadequate because you're comparing. My last piece of advice, and I think this is also a really great practical piece of advice, which you can already start putting into action this week, is to go out there and find community. This really helped me when I was 27 off the back of 13 weddings. Because let's all be really honest, when we're in the comparison trap, especially when all of our friends are doing one thing and we're doing another, it's a really lonely place to be. And I want you to be kind to yourself if you're in this place and remind yourself that there are so many other people who are going through the same thing at a similar age, who feel isolated in a group of friends or in their families, and they're looking to meet other people just like you. And as soon as I started creating connections with people who are in a similar space to me, my whole life changed. And don't just create any connection, create deep connections and meaningful connections where people show up honestly and they aren't living a fake social media life. And this is exactly why I've created my group coaching program. I created it off the back of doing a non-coaching related book club meeting where we got into a really interesting discussion about wanting to have children in our 30s and what it means and afterwards we were all just so in awe that we were able to have this conversation because it feels so safe to be in a room where other people feel the same way and I feel that as a thought leader in this world, that it's my responsibility to create this room. And that's why my group coaching program is a room where every single person is committed to improving their relationship with themselves and getting outside of the comparison trap, turning the volume down on the outside noise and the volume up on what they're doing. You may have already seen, but if you've not, the group applications are open and I only have a few spots left. If you want to know more about it, there's a link in the blurb for the podcast or go straight onto my Instagram. You can DM me or you can click book now to book a free consult call and snap up the last places. I really, really feel so passionately about my program's ability to help you get out of this place that you're in now where you're feeling comparison. The first group is starting the first week of March on March the 7th. So make sure to go and check it out. The last thing I want to leave you with is something I referred to right at the start of the episode. And that's when I said that it's statistically proven that my comparison solution works. And I want to explain why. In my program at the start, I do a pre-coaching questionnaire. You may have heard me talk about it before. And one of the things I do in the questionnaire is I get my clients to rate few different sentences from one to 10. If you work with me, you'll know I absolutely love ratings and I love it as an indicator of how you're feeling. And one of the ratings is how much they compare their lives to other people's lives. 
without fail, and I've gone through and I've checked every single one of my clients' coaching questionnaires, the number at the start is high. When I say high, the comparison is high. And then at the end of the coaching, I tell them not to look back at the number, not to look back at the pre-coaching questionnaire and to rate everything again. And they haven't looked at this usually for 12 weeks. And the comparison without fail always goes from being around eight, nine, 10, and it drastically drops. Two, three, sometimes even one. And all of them say, oh wow, I cannot believe the effect that the program has had on their ability to focus on myself and put myself first and now they just feel happy for what they who they are and what they're doing and they feel so much better about the place that they're in if you want to also feel better and be part of these statistics do make sure to check out the group coaching program and keep listening for my episode next week, which is going to be all about turning 30 and setting boundaries. I will see you all next week.